Well, happy Mother's Day to everyone out there. Um, I was thinking about all of the things that my mother and my parents have given me. Um, over the years, I've gotten many things. Um, my dad gave me my hairline. My mom and my dad gave me my sensitivity. You may notice every week that I cry. If you haven't watched before, I'm going to cry here in a minute. I usually do. Um, you may think that comes from my dad because he used to stand up right here and cry. But my mom was just as sensitive, and there is nobody in our family that doesn't, doesn't cry all the time. Uh, my dad gave me my height. My mom gave me my love for traveling. And my parents gave me a love for missions. But, but as I think about my mother, all the things she's given me, the thing that she gave me that was the best is that she pointed me to Jesus. Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. I want you to know you are awesome, you are wonderful. Make sure you're pointing your kids to Jesus. That's the best thing you can give them. And so as we look into God's Word today, I want to start with a story. And I've talked about some of the things that my parents have passed along to me. There's one thing that my father passed along to me that, that I've got to share with you today. It's a part of the story. And, and that's a love for something that is excellent. It's a, it's a candy. And, and here it is. My dad passed along a love for Tootsie Rolls. How many of you love Tootsie Rolls? Raise your hand at home if you love Tootsie Rolls. If you don't love Tootsie Rolls, I know there's some of you out there right now that are saying, oh, those are gross because I've heard people say it. If you're one of those people that says Tootsie Rolls are gross, you need Jesus. My father passed along a love for Tootsie Rolls. Part of that is that when he was a pastor, earlier on in my life, anytime he would talk about us in a sermon or, or you know, use us as an example and we would get upset, he would pay us off by giving us Tootsie Rolls. In fact, most of the time when I see my dad, even today, he will have a Tootsie Roll for me. And so, so that's one thing he passed along because he loved them so much that he wanted us to have them as well. I'm so thankful for that. I love Tootsie Rolls. So a couple weeks ago, um, this scenario happened. And, and this story, I want to tell you this story because I think it works. Um, it shows us the heart of God in the text that we're going to see today and it's about Tootsie Rolls. So I got two of the kids, we're, we're in between moving and, and dad has moved up to the Springboro area and so we're kind of taking stuff back and forth and so one day I got the truck and I loaded up a little bit of his stuff and, and I took Eli and I took Charlie with me and we jumped in the truck and we drove up to Springboro to drop off this stuff. We got to the house, we pulled in the driveway and as we got out, the first thing that my dad said, was, hey guys, I've got a surprise for you, but you've got to find it. And so he sent the two boys on a search for a prize. The prize was Tootsie Rolls. And so he said, I've got something hidden for you. You need to look for it and find this prize. And so the boys immediately, when you tell kids that there's a prize and they need to search for it, they go after it immediately. If you say, go find your shoes, we're going to go to the store, they will not get up for anything. But if you say, I've got a prize for you hidden somewhere, they will turn everything upside down. And so he said, I've got this prize for you, you need to search for it. And so the boys immediately started looking all over the place for this prize. But the whole time, and, and by the way, I love it when people give good sermon illustrations. And, and this was, I just 
thought of this immediately, but my, my dad the whole time is sitting there as the boys are searching for the prize. He's sitting there coaching them, guiding them to the prize. See, he put them there for them to be found, and then he guided the boys every step of the way. So this is what it looked like. The boys are looking around, uh, along, and they would look this way, and he'd say, oh, oh, maybe check out the other direction. So they'd turn and look this way, and they wouldn't see anything, and he'd say, maybe a little bit higher, and so they would look up a little bit, and he'd say, you know, maybe check around the window there. And he led them until they found the prize of the Tootsie Rolls. I tell you that story because I think Jeremiah 29 that we've been looking at, we're talking about the in-between, and Jeremiah 29 is a letter from God to the Israelites who found themselves in the in-between in exile. We talked last week about the fact that this is a love letter from God to his people, and I think that this search, the great search that my boys went on for Tootsie Rolls, and the way that my father coached them and guided them to them is exactly what we see in God's Word today in Jeremiah 29. How many of you today would say, I want to know God and I want to have the life that God created me to have? If that's you, raise your hand at home. That's twice I've had you raise your hand. <clears throat> If you're at home, don't be afraid. Raise your hand, say, yes, I wanna know God. If somebody next to you did not raise their hand, turn and smack them and say one of two things. Either you need to want to know God or number two, you need to start listening to the sermon. Do you want to know God? I think most of us would say yes. We want to know the creator of the universe. We want to know God. We want to be in a relationship with God. Well, I've got good news for you today. God's desire is for us to know him and to have life through him. And so if you raise your hand and say, I wanna know God, good news, God wants the very same thing. See, see, God created us to know him. God created us to walk in relationship with him. If you look back to the very beginning of the Bible, you see the story of Adam and Eve. God created them and put them in a garden and walked with them, and they had this union. But then there was this, this break because Adam and Eve chose to go their own separate way. And, and that union was broken, and all of a sudden, the relationship that God created us for was messed up, and we find ourselves in Jeremiah 29, and that's where the Israelites are. God has adopted them as his people. He's walked with them. And then all of a sudden, they've decided to turn their back and to chase other things. And so the Israelites find themselves at the place that Adam and Eve did and the place that all of us find ourselves, where we're separated. And we say, we want to know God. I've got good news. God wants that too. And so, so far in Jeremiah, in the, the letter to the exiles in Jeremiah 29, we've seen three things. The first thing we saw is that God says, when you find yourself in the in-between, when you find yourself in a place of exile, settle in, build a life there, and grow. Basically, God says, when you find yourself in the in-between, be who I created you to be and do what I created you to do, no matter where you're at. The second thing we saw is that you should pray for the peace and prosperity of the place you're in. If you find yourself in the in-between, you should pray 
for the peace and prosperity for the place that you're in. Because if we want to have a heart like God's, we have to look for the peace and prosperity for others. And so pray for peace and prosperity. And then last week, we looked at the fact that God has a wonderful plan for us. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God has a good plan for you, an eternal plan. And that brings us to verse 12. And so let's pick it up in verse 12 of Jeremiah 29. It says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I've banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. So this text is simple, it's short, and, and we, God said, settle in, grow, pray for peace and prosperity. God reminds the people that he has a good plan for them. And then he says, then, and it is just said after 70 years, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. The next line is the one I want to focus on today. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I'm going to be really honest with you. As I read through this several times, I didn't really pick up on what this was saying. I think I do this all the time with Scripture. I think most of us look at Jeremiah 29, and we see the verse, verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. We see that verse. And then we read 12 through 14, and we just kind of pass by it. But something huge is happening here in verse, in verse 12. Something huge is happening. This isn't just a pass-through scripture. See, it says, and we see this throughout scripture, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. We hear that all through God's word, that when we call on God, he will listen and hear our prayers. But the second part of this verse shows me something incredible. It says, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. So if you follow the progression of this, the Israelites messed up. They went their separate way. They followed other gods. They blew it big time, and they found themselves in the in-between in exile. And God says, when you get into the in-between, when you get into exile, settle in, build a life, grow, pray for peace and prosperity, be reminded that I have a good plan for you, plans for a hope and a future. And then God says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So take the Israelites for a second and think about a people. The people that God is writing this love letter to are a people that have strayed, a people whose hearts have drifted from God. And in verse 12, God says, you're going to seek me and you're going to find me when you seek me with all your heart. What we see here is not just a simple directive. It's not just a simple thing that God says, hey, if you seek me, you will find me. What God says is, if you will follow me, if you will follow the plan that I have for you, if you will be who I've created you to be in the midst of the in-between, something's gonna happen within you. There's gonna be a change in your heart. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all all your heart. 
See, the Israelites weren't seeking God. In fact, they were running away. The Israelites weren't seeking God with all their heart. They were playing games with other little gods. But God says, you will call on me and pray to me and I will listen and then you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I'm guessing that the Israelites had already started the process of crying out that we see in verse 12. Let's just take a second. When we find ourselves in the in-between, the the reason we're doing this series is because we find ourselves in a moment of in-between right now. How many of you have cried out to God? How many of you have said, God, help me. God, please let things go back to normal. God, come on, help fix this situation. God, protect me. And we cry out, and the good news is God hears us. God listens to our prayers. But there's a bigger thing at work here. We have the opportunity to have our hearts changed. To go from being a people whose hearts wander, to go from a people who just cry out for help, to to be a people who want to see and know God with all of our heart. Listen, the in-between is not a wasted time in your life if it brings you closer to God. I hope this has not just been a time for you to cry out for help. I hope this has been a time for you to grow and to seek God with everything you have. And so God gives us this directive. You will find me when you seek me with all your heart. So how do we a messed up people, how do the Israelites, a messed up people, how do each one of us, when we find ourselves in the in-between, how do we go from a place of wandering, a place of not seeking God with all our heart, to, to a place where we are completely sold out and want to know God and want to have life and peace in God? How do we do that? I'm guessing most of you that raised your hand have tried I'm guessing that most of you that have raised your hand have been working at trying to know God. And and I'm guessing some of you have found that that at times you want to know God, but maybe you're not seeking God with all your heart. God says, when you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. I've got bad news and I've got good news for you. The bad news is this. On your own power, you can never, you can never have a change of heart and know God to the fullest. That's the bad news, you can't do it. The good news is this, you're not alone. You serve a God that loves you and that wants you to know him, wants you to have life and peace. And so let's look at Jeremiah chapter 24, verse four. It says, then the the word of the Lord came to me. And this is what the, the Lord, the God of Israel says. Like these good figs, I regard as good the exiles from Judah whom I sent away from this place to the land of the Babylonians. Listen to these next few verses. My eyes will watch over them for their good. I will bring them back to this land. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and not uproot them. And then listen to verse seven. I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord. They will be my people and I will be their God for they will return to me with all their heart. You're hearing some of the same language from Jeremiah 29, but what you're hearing is God is saying, I'm gonna give them a heart to seek me. 
Long before the Israelites messed up, long before the Israelites found themselves in the in-between, long before they cried out, God was at work creating, working, calling. And verse 7 says, I will give them a heart to know me. God gives you the ability, the desire, and the path to know and follow his plan. Let me say that again, this is so important. God gives you the ability, the desire, and the path to know and follow his plan. Let's talk about what I'm, what I'm saying there. First, God gives you the ability. Without God, you wouldn't even have the ability to know. Think about the Tootsie Roll analogy. If my father had not hidden the Tootsie Rolls, there wouldn't have been a great search. The the boys wouldn't have had something to search for. God has given us, created us, with the ability to know him. God has given us hearts to know him. We were created in the image of God. We were created for union with God. God gives us the desire The Holy Spirit is at work in each and every one of us to draw our hearts and to give us desire. If you're sitting there at home and you're saying, I want to know God, you didn't come to that place on your own. The Holy Spirit has been at work in you and God has been tugging on your heart to bring you to that place. You can't do it on your own. And so dad hid the Tootsie Rolls and then when the boys got there, he drew them into the search. He said, hey, find the prize. I've got something for you. The third part, God gives us the ability, the desire, and the path to know and follow the plan. Not only does God initiate the search, but God helps us on the way. And so, so dad was sitting there and he, he hid the Tootsie Rolls. He called them into this search, but then the whole time they were searching, he was saying, hey, look over this way. Hey, maybe look a little lower. Hey, have you checked out that area? And he's drawing them, drawing them to the prize. So God is at work right now, drawing your heart teaching you, guiding you to know him and to have the life that he offers. And so for those of you that raised your hand earlier and said, I want to know God fully, we ask the question, how do we go from a messed up, perverse, um, half-hearted people to a completely sold out, loving God, seeking God with all our heart? The answer is, God helps us, God initiates our search, God creates in us a heart to search, and God guides us along the way. And so it should be simple, right? I mean, the God that created everything gave us a heart to search, God God pulls us towards him and God coaches us along the way, it should be simple. But the reality is, there are other voices and other factors at work. See, just like God is calling you to life, just like God placed Adam and Eve in the garden and wanted to have union with them, there was another voice in the garden. That was the voice of the serpent that was leading them away. And the truth is, you and I have lots of things in our lives that are trying to pull us away from what God has for us. 
So I want you to picture this on two sides. You've got a God who loves you, who created you for unity, who created you to know him, saying, come on, come to me, let me teach you, let me guide you. On the other side, you have people that are pulling you away. You have, you have influences that are pulling you away. For my boys, there were lots of distractions that day. Just behind their yard was another house, and there were two huge dogs. Like the kind of dogs that when they bark, like, you know, your chest rattles because it's so deep. When those dogs bark, man, my boys, it threw them off. They're outside, there's people, there's houses, there's cars, there's all these distractions from the search that they're on. And then there's there's other voices. There's, there's one more thing that I think is so real for us as Christians, and that's the competition or the other people that are walking this journey. See, as my boys were looking for these Tootsie Rolls, they're also looking at each other, trying to make sure that they find them first. And sometimes I think in our search for God, we get sidetracked by other voices, by other distractions, and maybe even by looking at other people and, and seeing what they're doing and losing sight of what God has for us. And so it should be simple, but the truth is, we have distractions. There's a God calling. There's other things that are distracting. And so here's the thing. While God initiates, God creates, God calls us into, and God coaches us along the way, we have a part in this process, and it's a big part of it. And that's that we have to choose to follow God, to listen to God, and to tune out all of the other things. The goal is to find the prize that our Father has for us, to have the life that He created us for. And so, so the Father is calling, leading. There's other things that are trying to distract us. So what does it look like for us to know Him and seek Him with all our heart? What do we need to do? There's four things. Band, you can go ahead and come up. First off, we gotta learn to tune out the distractions. The dogs that are barking, the cars that drive by, the other things, we will not have the life, we will not seek God with all our heart if we are caught up looking at other things, being distracted, and so we've gotta learn to tune out the distractions. Listen, there are a lot of distractions. We talk about this all the time. There's media and social media. There's people that would lead you in a different direction. We have to learn to tune those out. The second thing goes hand in hand. That's that we need to tune in to God. See, we have a Father that's calling us. God's voice is calling. God calls us through His Word. God calls us sometimes through a gentle nudge in our spirit, or maybe even God calls us through a voice that we hear. Sometimes God calls us through his people, a friend that says, you heard this in the video at the beginning, the Mother's Day video, that sometimes God speaks to you through other people. We've gotta to learn to tune in to what God is saying and tune out the distractions. The third thing, we've gotta follow. Listen, it won't do you any good to listen to God if you're not willing to follow. The reality is dad could say, look down here, and, and my boys then have to choose to look down there. And if they will follow his voice, they will find the prize. And so we tune out the distractions, we tune into God, and we are obedient to follow his calling. And then the last thing, 
and this is the great news of today, is that when we follow God's voice, when we go along in this great search, when we find ourselves in the in-between and we, we do everything that God has called us to do, we allow God to pull us towards him and we say, God, I'm available, I'll give you everything. The fourth thing is we experience life in Christ. It's better than any Tootsie Roll you could ever have. It's better than any car. It's better than any genetics that you get from your family. God created you to have life in him, life to the fullest. And so today as we sing this next song and then we're gonna move into a time of communion, I want you to just listen to God. I want you to quiet your heart in prayer. And I want you to say, Lord, speak to me. Tune out the distractions. You're at home right now and there are distractions all around you. Tune them out. Listen to God. Say, Lord, give me a heart that seeks you with everything I have. Father, we love you today. And I thank you that you're calling each and every one of us into a deeper relationship with you. I thank you that you're calling us to have life. I thank you that even in times of exile and in between, Lord, you're there. Your voice is calling. You're leading us. You're nudging us. So I pray today that you would draw our hearts to you, that we would learn to seek you with everything we have. We love you, Jesus. Amen.